0: This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by F2754, the endangered female wolf traveling north of Interstate 40 in New Mexico, bound out of the recovery zone for her species and in to freedom. It's F2754. (laughs) Taylor Swift's publicist strategist <laughs> and I know places mm, that's good and this is ear buddies buddy uh, we are back in season three and everybody, everybody's talking about everybody's talking about ear buddies right've you've, you've heard it Oh I've heard it it's like it's like stranger things whenever when stranger things comes back and everyone is really... Talking about it. That's what I've noticed, I guess, for Ear Buddies here in season three. But I think we can always grow. There's always room to grow, right? In this oh, yeah. World. Yeah. So I have devised a strategy, Matt, and I'd love your help. I would like to, this season, as much as possible, which I have to think is every episode, I'd like to optimize our SEO, our keywords, when naming the episode. And I want to really hit words that, that people are searching, right? So that people find ear buddies. So we grow our audience, right? The big tent grows. Okay, I like that. So some options. Just basically, we, we need to find ways to use these words or, or words kind of adjacent to them when we are naming our episodes. True crime. <laughs> mental health. And this is I've I did some research, right? Sure, yeah, into clearly. like what's what's working. AI and Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> and Stranger Things. Sure, yeah. That would probably work too. So, you know, something like it's a true crime that Taylor Swift has re released nineteen eighty nine or nineteen eighty nine is is the Roblox of pop music. That kind of thing? Yeah. If we can find a way to do that every week, I have to think that our metrics are going to go up, up, up. What do you think? Tim, that is that is the sort
1: of American ingenuity <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that's what it's all about.
0: It's the grind set, bro. <laughs> uh,
1: I love that. I think it may be a little, uh, I'm fine with selling out a little bit of artistic integrity um, and and sort of comprehension if we can just get boosted to the top a little mm-hmm. bit more so, yeah, let's uh, let's roblox this thing,
0: and speaking of artistic integrity being jettisoned in favor of uh, reaching the top, <laughs> maybe I, that's not maybe true. This episode is about Taylor Swift. a new topic here for ear buddies. <laughs> well, <got laughs> every I, i'm I'm
1: noticing here, looking back at our at our output. Mm-hmm. Every year, at mm-hmm. around this time, <laughs> we have to... Well, it's not our fault, is it,
0: Tim? No. She, she, no! Do, she
1: does something, and then we are duty-bound to uh, to get in there and discuss it.
0: Yeah, it's in the bylaws. Uh, it's it's in the freaking century code of the Ear Buddies uh, army. And people and love it. it ugh, people need it, man. Oh, that's I'm, true. People need the tough talk that, that you and I offer here <laughs> when it comes to Taylor Swift. Let's get into 1989,
1: parentheses, Taylor's version.
0: Matt, this... I think will be an episode uh, at least for me about reassessing priors oh yeah it
1: it, it has to be
0: for instance were we too, were we too hard on midnights a year ago were we were we right in our dread over the upcoming uh, re-release re-record of Taylor's greatest pop album 1989 questions like these I think you know we. We'll have to take a second look at him and see where the buddy's right or wrong. <laughs> well, I know my guess.
1: Let's get right into this. 1989
0: Taylor's version, Matt. Um, we went on the record like a year or two ago saying Uh uh-oh, this could be sort of scary. Because we had heard, read Taylor's version, we'd heard some of the uh, poppier tracks from that and were left a little uh, unimpressed by the quality of the re-records. And so we thought, uh uh-oh, it's Taylor's poppiest album. And it's, you know, it's like a crucial, it's a crucial record uh, to to who Taylor Swift is now. What if she goofs it up? So, Matt, I would like to... uh, uh, stop speaking into my microphone and allow you to speak into yours and ask you did she goof this up you know tim
1: uh i don't think she goofed it up Mm.
0: i don't um do you want more than that or is that well i just want to i just want to help out and say i totally agree with you i think she i think she nailed it i think it's incredible yeah man. okay,
1: let's do this. Let's take this re-release. Let's take the tunes uh, for what they are. Uh, let's take the thing as it is and yes. and discuss that because there's a lot more to discuss, which and it's it's hard for us as intellectuals to um you know to yeah simply ignore that. but I think. Oh. For right Right. now. We're so good at holding multiple thoughts at once. Yes. Um, That's the thing. That's (laughs) the thing.
0: That's the thing. My brain is so complex. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I want to talk about, right, just, just the craft of going back into the studio, playing these songs again and putting them on tape and mixing and mastering and editing and all and, and yada yada yada, fabulous. And I, I actually, Matt, think that I, I have seen kind of some, some pushback on that online. Some folks are saying, um, like, especially style and uh, others like New Romantics, I think, basically saying like they got, they think they got the levels wrong um, or that they don't sound like the originals. I guess what I need to say about this, Matt, is I don't care. Dude, they, Of course I, not. It does not matter. It matters so much less to me than I thought it did. I guess. Yep. Because the tunes, man, are just—it's my. This is now my favorite Taylor Swift album. I've, I, I've changed my tune. I was being too cute by saying Red was the best. This is the <laughs> best. Uh, okay. It is. There are so many incredible songs and what they did is, I mean, they got 95% of the way there in terms of just like recreating them and making them sound like the 1989 you remember
1: oh they very
0: much did yes they they really did but that x that last five percent actually meant i think they took some creative liberties in places and boosted levels here and there you know cranked up some of the more interesting synths or harmonies or things like that in a way that i i think they like they did right by these songs in the studio this time around
1: Name. yeah um it's lovely it it is and i fully agree with you of course about <laughs> thank you when, well, I, you know everything i agree yeah, I yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah i i get that with these re-releases part mm-hmm. of the thing is kind of a being it and and yeah seeing how how close she uh copied herself um mm-hmm. but i mean i don't, maybe that's
0: that's kind of stupid, though. Maybe after all,
1: I think it's a little bit extremely stupid. Like, yeah, what were we doing? I know that's that's part of it, and it's hard to completely um, put that out of your head. Mm-hmm. However, like, I guess if you're if you're sincerely engaging with these as you know as tunes, which yep. everyone is, I guess. Right, yeah, like, that's, seems like it. culturally, that is what we've decided to do. We've decided to review them uh, mm-hmm. and give them ratings on Pitchfork, rather than you know calling them a collector's edition for just for the real Swifties out there, and sure. no one else cares, right? These are these are big events, these re-releases. Of so of yeah, course. I I I think that um, it that's not that big of a deal if it's not exactly. Um, uh, exactly perfect and or like it was before, that being said, I think that mm-hmm. this one is really interesting because uh yeah, so I remember um you know all of us all of us remember exactly where we were uh, and what we were doing and who we were in love with when every Taylor Swift album <laughs> came out, right <laughs> yeah, of course right that's that's <laughs> sort of been our our North star through our youth, mm-hmm. um, and so this one. <laughs> came out in 1989 just kidding um it's confusing though I get it it came out yeah why would you do that it came (laughs) out in 2014 Mm -hmm. and uh I listened I had been listening to a lot of of T-Swift um prior but this album I I if it had been a tape if it had been a cassette it I would have worn it out I listened sure. to it uh, just kind of on loop, um, <laughs> and so I I'm intimately familiar. And yeah. hearing the you know the the re-release, I I like it more. Um, yeah, and I already really liked it. So, and but at this point I, too, Tim, look with this one maybe more than even the other one is because as you know we talked about how the um, how it's so synth based and kind of. Uh, digital and analog based yes that it's going to be uh interesting i think was probably the word we used to see how
0: they recreate that um sure i think we were worried that it might end up being like 1989 karaoke exactly exactly and it's very much um
1: it's very much not one thing it 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 really sounds because i actually did a b uh this mm-hmm. and the the original. Uh this one is mastered at like half the volume. It's much hmm. much quieter, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. It's okay. much it's like it's less bright. It's more warm. It sounds more analog tape, and a lot less. We are in the uh,
0: lab now, Earbuddies Army. We are in the freaking music laboratory. (laughs) That's. I mean, got our beakers out when we're talking about these re-releases. We kind of have to get
1: granular like that if we're talking about uh, them in relation to their former selves, right? Um, Absolutely. And but that you know what with one thing and another mixing wise and eq wise and all of that i i agree i think the they the more interesting stuff came out it really does sound uh, more mature i guess yeah. uh, her vocal performance is obviously significantly better i i think it's yeah. it's it's basically it's basically a triumph i guess you can see it with the lights up
0: I think so, dude. I think it really benefits from the nine years she had away from it, um, in a way that, like, I kind of—I think Reputation will probably have the same effect. There is like a crispness to the whole product. It's just yeah, there's like a remastering. Well, it is remastered, I guess. It's newly mastered, and it just oof. Sounds great. It is great to put on.
1: You know, again, with my, our complicated, complex brains, we <laughs> hold so many thoughts and often contradicting. Yeah, but, right, dude, that's crazy That's well, wild, and it's a blessing, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, this, like, I really can respect um, and admire and appreciate the actual, like, artistry that goes that went into like this, which you know, to the, the you know, I don't know, my mom or someone who's you know not really a Swifty except for peripherally. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, why do this? But I think it's it's honestly very cool. Uh, and as you know, as a real musician, I yeah. fully i I would love uh, the opportunity to take some some songs of mine, some tunes of mine that I had sure. had done already and were already great. Yep. And with the benefit of time and 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 growth and maturity, be like, mm-hmm. "Huh. Well, I bet they could be
0: better." And then you make yes. them better.
1: Like that's that's just I like that that happened.
0: Yeah. It is 16 tracks of just pop perfection. And then, Matt, it's um five tracks from the vault. And, uh, I don't,
1: I may, I may be misreading your tone, (laughs) but are those not Pop Perfection,
0: or are we, are we into those? What are your thoughts on these vault tracks? Um, Matt, more like, more like from the freaking graveyard. (laughs) Go ahead. As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Okay. A classic Tim, Tim Stinger there. Go ahead. Thank you. That was A-B tested. And, uh, (laughs) The, the debates, the debate crowd loved it. Okay, um, I I don't want to be a hater, right? No one ever wants. No well, one ever that's wants. That's a big thing for us. Yes, you never course. want to be a hater. Yes, and I will I will say to Taylor right now, thank you, thank you for. Um, not doing like fifteen vault tracks like you did with Red. Yeah, sure. Thank you for not making a, a a ten minute version of You Are in Love or whatever. Thank you for just giving us five tracks. That was that was a kindness, I think. Matt. Yeah, Tim. Why what's did up? Why did we bring these songs out of the vault? Do you think? Uh, cash. It, could it be? Can it be anything else? I don't know. Um, I want to reflect on our discussion we had about Red Taylor's version back in season one of Ear Buddies. And you, Matt, I, I uh, will remain on the record here in, in agreement with you. You said no way did the extended all too well actually come out of a vault from... Twenty ten. Oh,
1: or whatever. that's that's the one thing on this earth
0: that I believe. Right. Yes. Not a chance in hell that she wrote all that she wrote that back in the day. Yes. And is just dusting it off and playing it for us. That's here. right. Die on that hill, Matt. Am I being actually asked to believe that those five songs are nineteen eighty nine era tracks?
1: You. I, we all are being asked. That, yes.
0: Flamingo pink, sunrise clink, clink.
1: Being this young is art, aquamarine.
0: I would just say to everybody in the Army uh, and, and every Swifty out there, believe your ears. You know, trust, trust yourself here as you listen to these tracks. Listen to... The vocal range that Taylor sings in it is so much lower um, than what she is working on across 1989. Listen to the the subby bass and the blippy synths, and listen to her melodic phrasing and the breathiness of her voice. Listen for the listen for the the playfulness that you know from like "Shake It Off" uh, and "I Wish You Would" and blank space. Where is any of that, Matt? Mm. It's these are all. These are all. I promise B-sides from Midnight's that didn't make the cut. There are 4 out of 5 of these, Matt, are Antonoff co-writes and production pieces. Oh no There's way. There's not a <laughs> This is just this is just Midnight's part 2.
1: Buddy, look. I mean, yes. They I, sound
0: like rejected tracks for Midnight's. Yes. Yes. Maybe I am making a big deal out of nothing here. Well,
1: we, we do that often, I, and
0: I think we're right, too. But I hate, I hate, Matt, that she gave us her best album, right? Um, dressed it up again and presented it back to us and said, let's revel in this great music once more. 1989 is so good, and then these vault tracks are not <laughs> They sound nothing like 1989. They don't have the spirit or the energy, or the creativity, or the killer performances or any of it. Um, and it frustrates me.
1: Yep. Okay. In, in I'm, a big way. I'm no. I am with you. I think that that the, these vault tracks alone should knock its pitchfork rating down by I don't want to say half, but you know it's annoying. It make it it frustrates me. I why didn't yep. she? What she should have done is been like guys. Got nothing in the vault for this one. I nailed it. Yes, you know, I, I gave you my best. There's nothing in the closet. Uh, <laughs> right. You like, I just did a really good job, and I've yeah, I left it all on the table, right? Like, that's that's probably more true, because yeah, Tim, you are as always a hundred percent correct. These the the there it sounds like fully different. Right there's no there's no lightness different. there's no whimsy there's no playfulness it she is doing in in my, I, I tried to do a charitable read here I tried sure. at first um you no know, one wants to be a hater but like no right with uh for example uh now that we don't talk right uh huh like that one specifically I mean kind of all of them specifically but that for my example has so many. It is it is like a Frankenstein's monster of elements <laughs> of the stuff that she does now uh, that with Jack Antonoff. Yes, like it's the the freight. I mean, obvi- okay, let's leaving leaving aside even the production because I can understand that sure. perhaps like I mean not perhaps definitely the production of these if they're vault tracks and now Jack is doing them, it's gonna sound like Jack did them. That's just how it yeah. goes. But like fair enough, she was not even writing like that no back no, then no so i'm gonna get a, a little further into the
0: into the weeds really briefly Hey, go back into the lab man We <laughs> well, got we got beakers uh unused we She got bunsen burners ready to ready to light go
1: one thing that sh- that is sort of a signature for her now in a way that it never was before uh midnight at least it, you know it mm-hmm. definitely At the very least, she definitely was not doing this during her 1989 era, right? Mm -hmm. Is the phrasing that she does lyrically. Mm -hmm. Uh, She very often now will do uh, a sequence of straight eighth or sixteenth notes, usually eighth notes. And she will simply sing one tone. Yep. Uh maybe maybe two or three, but usually kinda just one. Usually like the the first scale degree, sometimes the fourth or fifth. Uh yep. real musicians, you'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, uh, and what she will do lyrically is simply uh Add whatever, like whatever syllable comes next, regardless of the stress or the scansion or the, the emphasis. She will just mm-hmm. sing it. What I mean by this is, in uh, now that we don't talk, she says, uh, it, it, the, the word is pretend," and she sings it, "pretend." I don't pretend. I like and uh, in on Suburban Legends, right? She says, yep. "surprise." and I didn't come here to make friends I didn't come here to make friends, we were born in another, uh, what is it uh, is it over now unbutton's my blouse was it over when he unbuttoned my blouse Could
0: holy smokes
1: right, there's, there's, this is all over the place it's very, sorry it's very white girl stuff like, it, 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 you know, it, it is. There's, yeah. there's no real consideration for how the word sounds. And, and she does it so often that uh, it, it, I mean, it's almost it's become a, a more recent signature of hers. And yep. it bothers me because I don't think it, it's, uh, she's kind of playing with the phrasing intentionally. I think that she is simply not that good at phrasing. I guess, anymore. But she used to be so good at it. My point so, is, in 2014, she was good at yeah. at those melodic phrases. And, and with stuff like Midnight's and the, and the sub-bass and, and drum machine sort of pulses and ostinatos, she started adapting her, her yeah. ver, or melodic uh, vocal stylings to that. And that's, that's why there's no way that these vault tracks were written uh, for nineteen eighty nine at all. something, down when
0: blouse It's it's like insulting to be asked to just go along with this idea that these are nineteen eighty nine vault tracks. I just don't this is I just don't buy it. No the, one, you know, I the, the only I would way need some really compelling evidence. Tim, the
1: to- only way that they are is if she started writing stuff like, you know, let's say like Midnight's, right? Mm-hmm. If she started writing stuff like that years prior to Midnight's and then sure. people like Max Martin and Shellback and real pop heads were like, Uh, Let's let's leave this one in the vault, right? Yeah. Like, I guess that's possible, but I just, I I can't, I cannot let you sell me that
0: bridge. I'm not going to buy it. To not linger too much on the conspiracy of it, I guess. What what I will say for 100% certainty is I so wish Max had gotten back in the studio on this, man. I... Adore what they did with the original tracks. And I think uh, Christopher Rowe is the name of the guy who like handled the producing of the Max Martin, yeah. produced and written tracks from the original record. Max Martin, like, you know, one of the big, biggest and best and like most important pop songwriters and producers ever. They did a killer job on the songs that are there. But maybe we should assume that there are some Ma- Max co-writes in the vault untouched because Max didn't collaborate on this um on Taylor's version. That boy, I'd rather hear them and I guess it just reinforces to me how how big a factor Max Martin must have been on Taylor's pop turn, right? Man, in
1: uh one of the vault tracks from Red is Message in a Bottle. Um mm-hmm. which was Apparently the first song that she and Max and Shellback all wrote together standing, standing here waiting waiting and i became by freckles and bright eyes but now, you're so far away and i'm down. And it's very much it's, it's like kind of pop fluff in a sense but it's really good You know like it's it's melodic it's delicious and uh yeah like you're telling me that you didn't have one or two things that you and Max tried to cook up that didn't totally make it that you don't want to share with the class instead of more Jack Antonoff? I will just briefly say that this, I respect Max even more now uh, because he, he, surely I mean, you got to assume he was reached out to by someone on Taylor's team sure. to get back in for this one, and he said, no, that's I'm, fine. I'm good. <laughs>
0: I've got my jukebox musical or whatever. Yeah, on I'm working
1: on *Anne Juliet*. I got a ski trip. Whatever. <laughs> He's
0: got things that weekend. Um, I feel like I was taking crazy pills, Matt, when the album came out because I'm seeing headlines and stuff saying like these are her, this is her best batch of vault tracks yet. Things like this. It's her worst by far. Sure, but can we talk about? Can we talk about the discourse a little? Just a little? Oh,
1: Tim, if there's, if there's one thing you and I love, it's the tunes. Mm-hmm. If there's two things, it's the tunes and the discourse. You can't have one without the other. We got to get into it. Uh, we got to get into it. Man, what happened? What has happened in the last year? It's been a, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. For us Swifties. Has it not? This is, this seems unprecedented.
0: We Swifties wield, um... Political power. (laughs) Political, yeah. I would, I would say, right, we are a a voting block unto (laughs) ourselves. It's a demographic. Right. Um, what is going on though here, I guess? Is there a reason that we, that we can't... Let's approach it like this, man. Yeah, be careful. (laughs) I'm with you, but let's hold hands. Maybe it's not strictly a Swift thing. I kind of think it's not. I sort of feel like the appetite out there for, like, thoughtful, strong criticism uh, of the the music, of the artists that we love and we have grown to obsess over and, and have parasocial relationships with is... Just not something we want anymore. We, the, we, uh, listening and, you know, pop culture consuming public. You and I have spoken a lot on this pod about what we feel is the great value of criticism, actual critical analysis of something you're interested in. Yes. When every publication is out there saying like, Swifties are eating and that's sort of the extent of the analysis is there is there no room out for a uh, a Guardian or a, a Rolling Stone or anybody to just sort of say, "Hey, I don't know, I don't know about these vault tracks. I guess it's possible that every single you know published critic uh, of 1989 Taylor's version adores these tracks. Sure, but I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. I don't know, man. I I just am a little." unhappy about like what fandom culture maybe has done to the uh, art of criticism to the incentive structure around criticism I guess it's sort of like what benefit is there other than like controversy clicks in being the one to publish the two out of five star review like pretty sure I read that Pitchfork got death threats over Giving one of these re-records like less than a seven at one point.
1: Yes. Well, look, and I mean, and I think, I think it, you know, in some senses, it is unique to the uh, Taylor Swift machine and Taylor Swift Nation. But uh, you know, because it's like I don't know if, as a critic, I would, I would feel great about sort of my home address being public if I, if I panned, uh, you know. Uh, totally a a Taylor release I gotta be careful just because I I, we don't have the time frankly but I know it has spilled over into uh, all kinds of other music and 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 other art because Tim I I was going to share this with you privately before but I've stumbled across I mean a number of of things just like that where I am wondering about what people think art is and what it's supposed to be. For example, yeah. two quick examples, that guy on TikTok who draws um, or paints or whatever um, f- uh, pictures of people sitting across from him on the subway, right? Mm. That's a guy. And then there's a uh, some poet who recent re- recently uh, released a collection of poems. And these are both people who are, like, pretty good at what they're doing. And they both got really well-written, thoughtful, critical reviews of their work of of mm-hmm. you know their uh drawings and poetry respectively. And mm-hmm. in both cases, uh the fans of these of these people just went crazy. They said sure. how could you possibly say this? What if what if this was your son? What if this, you know, you yeah. you don't know this woman's experience. It's like do you not know? Uh, uncritical adoration and... Uh, yeah. I mean, how how is that...
0: That's not a good thing. Uh, you know, I'm not the first or nearly the best to say this, but when your fandom in something becomes part of your identity uh, to the point that you feel like you have to defend the creator against the slings and arrows of criticism... Um, that's a bad place to be in. It's like it's like sports. Yes. And I say that der- in a derogatory sense. I mean it to yeah. how it sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's just, we're totally missing the point, I think, of critical analysis of art. art. And it's getting worse. And, it, and it's getting worse as evidenced by just like what read like payola pieces from all these publications saying, it's another 10 out of 10 from Taylor Swift. Yep. We've said a lot here, Matt, but I want to I want to reassess one more prior. Our second or third episode of Your Buddies. We we raved about the concept of Taylor going back into the studio, mm. reworking all of her tracks. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. We said this is great. She is seizing the means of production, we said, right? We said she is taking back control of of her creative output. Um, and she's setting an example for other young artists like Olivia Rodrigo now, who in her contract owns the masters of the, of the music that she makes mm-hmm. outright. She, she will never have to worry about this um, issue of her old music being owned by someone else. Right. Um, and so we were we were given flowers to Taylor over the re-recording effort. And I just want to ask you here, Matt, four records in. What are you, how are you feeling about Taylor Swift's, uh, Taylor's version initiative? This is, again, with the complex brains
1: thing, Tim. (laughs) You know, I, I don't want her to stop doing it. Mm. I think she has every right, absolutely, to, um... Do what we praised her for years ago, and and yep. and get that money, and get that. You know, even more important, I guess, in my view, uh, the yep. ownership of her
0: work back. That's yes. great. Because uh, there, because there are plenty of artists, like I don't know, uh, who's who's a good example. You know, the guys from the Eagles or whatever, who, well, after their prime, sell their masters. Oh yeah. So that they can go buy a yacht, yep. right? A lot of people. They're doing getting that. their money in a different way. Yeah, it is important that Taylor is is taking ownership of her art. Yes, but yes. Go on,
1: hundred um, percent. That being said, uh, and I guess I don't know if I would feel this, uh, like this about it if the last six to nine months, well, more than that, hadn't been such a Taylor Swift festival for. Yeah the world Um, Mm -hmm. but
0: right the eras tour
1: yeah Yeah. it's it's now seeming with with everything that I just said that with that being true (laughs) it also seems like she wants to make five billion (laughs) dollars
0: and that's it and you you kind of have to assume that that was maybe her north star from the beginning right she's a like business woman <laughs> man she is the most shrewd capitalist of our time she's a business man
1: <laughs> i mean <laughs> why why uh water it she, down
0: <laughs> she just forbes just uh revalued her at 1.1 bill she's she's officially a billionaire It's get those numbers up you know yeah i'm right there with you bro i still think the principle of the idea of master's ownership is, is important. And I do think it is something that is great for, for up and coming artists to be mindful of. Um, but boy, she's really good at making money and I don't know that I need to say anything else about it. Other yeah. Other than maybe for know. our safety, we just shouldn't. <laughs> sure. Killer album
1: though. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's,
0: yeah, there you go. It's all If it's all about the tunes, then this kudos. Al- this album is the Roblox of pop music. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Minecraft, or... I it's, mean, anyway. It's the Mr. Beast of pop music, I would say. <laughs> there we go. Ear Buddies will return in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by a Mexican gray wolf, a sweet young lady named F two seven five four. Matt, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you and I, as podcasters, as buddies, as friends, as musicians, uh, intellectuals—all these—all these hats we wear. Yeah, that we that we have earned. <laughs> yeah. If we were given the endangered species hat. How would we react? I think, I think we would react by running. I think, we would, I think we would seek freedom, right? I think we would want to live like we were dying, as Tim McGraw um, suggested.
1: <laughs> if, if you and I were endangered species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Right? I think so.
0: Like, now is not the time for resting on our laurels, we would say. I think we need to go out and see what's out there. Yeah, I mean I I agree with you. That's what F2754, the Mexican gray wolf is doing, Matt. I'm going to I'm going to read read um from the Associated Press for you to for the listeners to understand kind of what we're talking about here. Northern New Mexico or bust. That seems to be the case for at least one Mexican gray wolf intent on wandering beyond the boundaries set for managing the rarest subspecies of gray wolf in North America. Federal and state wildlife managers confirmed that the endangered female wolf F2754, as identified by her tag, has traveled north of I-40 near Albuquerque, New Mexico, beyond a recovery zone that spans parts of southwestern New Mexico and southeastern Arizona. It was documented crossing the interstate west of Albuquerque last week and uh, appears to be bound for Colorado, Matt, north, north into the Rockies. Matt, this is the second time that F2754 has run. The first time she was caught, brought right back home. Back to that uh, controlled boundary, but she said, "No, I'm out of here. Let me out. I want to live." And she's she's made a break for it twice. This same wolf, this very the very same wolf, is is on the run again. She is loose. As we record, Matt, as as this episode comes out, I believe F two seven five four, who is. Uh, my prisoner two four six oh one. Five years for what you did, the rest because you tried to run. Yes, two four six oh one. My
1: name is Jean Valjean.
0: She is at large. Okay, she's at large. She's <clears throat> out and about. Uh, bound, perhaps for Colorado, perhaps in search of a mate. Matt. Ooh. Well.
1: I my one caution there is I I know speaking directly to F2754 you're not going to find a mate in Colorado they're all they're all where you are from because Tim the Mexican gray wolf uh very endangered species there are there right. are like
0: 300 241 is the latest count there by the go. US Fish and okay. Wildlife Service There you go. Okay. There you go. Great.
1: Um so a bit a bit optimistic of her to think that maybe this maybe well, the grass not, is greener
0: but Matt she's not getting the stats she's not getting these data white sheets you know she's all she's getting is a tag on her wrist probably a, a, a microchip in her in the scruff of her neck and being told stay put are you kidding me that's no way to stay live stay put i hear you i hear you and so here she is Sponsoring your buddies, (laughs) against all odds, against all odds, she is sponsoring a podcast. Um, Presumably, just to say, um, back off, buddy. Don't come near me, you freaking poachers. Mm. And you, you know, she wants, she wants to live life on her own terms. You know, Tim, I would imagine (laughs) that
1: as an endangered species... Right. Yeah. And of course, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, this is not a hat we wear, but nope. I mean, we're, we're, we have plenty of podcasters. Well, we've got, we've got good, active imaginations. Right. And so I, (laughs) we, I think we can, (laughs) we can imagine.
0: As an endangered species, it, the pressure has to be enormous. You know, right. We laugh at those pandas, you know, rolling around trying to figure out like, how to mate and all this. But, but unbelie- unbelievable pressure. The eyes of the of the global, you know, climate society. Yes. Tim. On you at all times. It, Cameras in your pen. It's Are like Are you kidding me? It's too it's like
1: being Taylor Swift, honestly. But <laughs> if I'm Tim, if I'm a, a Hawksbill Sea Turtle, if I'm uh you know an elephant of any any shape or size. I like it's up to you. You know? The elephant, you mean? It's it's up to the endangered species yeah. to to make itself be less endangered, is what I'm saying. Right? That's right. That's and, right. And it's it reminds me a little bit of I don't know, like in In uh, Victorian times or Edwardian <laughs> times, perhaps when you know you you were expected mm-hmm. to um inherit the the family estate or to follow yeah. your father into the trade of that he followed his father into. And there right. are these social pressures uh, and and familial pressures, no doubt. Yes. And I am surprised that more endangered species haven't just said, Enough of this. I am my own uh, person. I am my own creature. I need to go see what is out in the great wide wonder.
0: Yes. You know? Absolutely, absolutely, Matt. It's a wonder that I don't run across, you know, an errant snow leopard in <laughs> uh, Minot, North Dakota more often. Well, it is- it right? really is. Like, why am I? Like, not- they want to go skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing. Yes. that's literally that's literally what F two seven five four wants. She wants to go Rocky Mountain climbing.
1: I guess I don't want I don't want the Pinkertons coming after every wayward endangered species that's right. trying to live
0: a little bit differently. That's exactly it, dude. Like, if these listen. If the Mexican gray wolf is on the way out, which it appears to be, it certainly right? is. Yes. <laughs> um, Live like you were dying. <laughs> don't we think F two seven five four deserves at least um, the chance to see the sunrise over a hill that she's unfamiliar with?
1: Yes, or or taste maybe like a Rocky Mountain bull elk instead of the uh, I guess armadillos and anacondas that she's eaten down in Mexico.
0: Like that's exactly it.
1: Let. People travel. Let people uh, know the world that they're in, even if there aren't that many left. I think it's about it's about
0: empowerment, right? It is. It is. It is. And we're not alone, Matt. Um, environmental groups are are um, actually excited about this, and oh, legal challenges. Yeah, legal <laughs> challenges uh, are being uh, are pending in court, basically saying like, "Do not touch this wolf. Let her." Be. it's good
1: that that there are others who understand the importance of skydiving and
0: rocky mountain climbing uh f two seven five four you know you deserve a, you deserve a name Matt any i mean any 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 thoughts here
1: no you know what I think this is it's part of the self-actualization journey i think she will it's not for
0: us to she will yeah. figure it out. I mean, God willing, like, if they leave her alone. She, right, she's on a journey right now to discover herself. That's right. And we are with you every step of the way. It's (laughs) F2754. Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Oh boy, Matt, we've been uh, we've been going hard in the paint here for a while. Uh, yeah, my my mic is uh, hot to the touch. <laughs> so let us just briefly, uh, before we go, circle back. One of our recurring segments in which we uh, circle back to a, a previous topic uh, that maybe has some new and important developments that that the buddies just must weigh in on and well Matt um, I'm sure you saw the news that Bobby the world's oldest dog ever at 31 years of age died in Portugal
1: I did I saw it Um, it happened very recently
0: didn't did it not it did yeah 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 just uh Towards, towards the end of October, I believe. Bobby was born uh in nineteen ninety two and well, breathed his uh his last breath just a, just a few days ago. Was it um natural causes or was it
1: like a car accident? <laughs> it was um <a> natural causes. <laughs> sure, probably the age. But the- <laughs>
0: Probably, probably, right. Probably well. an
1: age-related complication. <laughs> he died of complications from simply living, essentially, five hundred years in dog years, <laughs> right. and that'll do right. it. We
0: we did we did the math uh, last time we talked about Bobby. That to to say that in in sort of the human scope, Bobby has been alive for approximately two hundred thirty years. <laughs> And that's what killed them for sure. We likened it actually to a curse on uh Bobby's family, the yes, Costas. Which is why I'm in kind of high spirits as we're talking yes. about this. I'm not being disrespectful. <laughs> no, right. I think I think what we can I think what we can and must say is that Bobby lived an incredible life. An incredibly long life. <laughs> yeah. And now the Costas can finally, like, take a vacation. They, they can, can finally <laughs> you know sell sell this house and 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 you know move move to like a lakeside cottage like go, they've been desperate to go skydiving
1: <laughs> go ride that bull named Fu Manchu <laughs> Well that's 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 the thing because you know they were putting off weddings and 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 christenings and and right. all sorts of job opportunities to just because hang out with as, their ailing
0: dog Because as we said at that age uh, the wind blowing the wrong direction was probably enough to startle the dog to death. So the last thing they were going to do, right, was host some sort of dinner party or or anything, really. It's a wonder that Bobby survived his well-publicized uh, 31st birthday party. No kidding.
1: I thought that would do him in, to be honest. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: Right. I, he would have had every right to to take a long sigh at the end of that party. <laughs> Just be done with it. <laughs> and, and say, this is where I leave you and what a note to end on. <laughs> but no, Bobby went another 161 days.
1: Death is a part of life. Is, um, yes. It's a really big part of life. <laughs> yeah, right. One um, of those, Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you just, it's, you You got to deal with it at some Unavoidable, point. yeah. Unavoidable. <laughs> Inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think at if you have lived
0: 230, what did you say? What was it? 200? It was like 200, maybe it was about 220 sure. years old. If you've lived that long.
1: Look, Tim, everybody wins on this one is what I think. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Everybody, the Grim Reaper gets a fun little prize, Bobby's up playing, yep. probably running like a puppy, you know? No doubt. Up in up no All Dogs Go to Heaven, and his family yes. can finally go to Disneyland, so <laughs> it's great. This is a celebration. I'm so happy. I really rest am. In,
0: rest in peace, Bobby. And, uh, you know, live in pleasure to the Costas. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Uh, you got nothing to come home to now.
0: And we have nothing more to say in this episode of Ear Buddies. But it
1: has been so much
0: fun. It has been so much fun. You know, like us on the internet, leave a review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, uh, etc. Matt, hey. love, this, love doing this with you. Talk to you <laughs> later, buddy. This is where I leave you. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs>